0: Tobler show. And it's a big day uh, as we are now 10 days away from the election, uh, which will be transformative, no doubt about it. And it will be something that will uh, potentially change the face of not only The Congress, but potentially governor's houses across the land and uh, even local races now that were thought to be in regional races, thought to be uh, previously absolutely in the tank for Dems, appear to be switching now with momentum moving strongly in the other direction. Why? Well, I think the Fetterman debate, the hochul zeldin debate, um, the... Gretchen von Whitmer debate. Oh, my goodness. That woman is, wow, frightening. I don't know think she needs to dress up for Halloween. She just has sort of that kind of a countenance, if you know what I mean. Just watch The Wizard of Oz. You'll know what I mean. And um, with Tudor Dixon, did a great job. I'm Randy Tobler, along with Leah Amstad, who is back after uh, being on assignment last week. And uh, we uh, look forward to a great show uh, this week. Tell us about your week, Leah. How was it?
1: <laughs> it was good. I wasn't really... I don't know if you'd call it on assignment. I just had a CrossFit yeah. competition. It was the last one well, for it. Well, assignment. Yeah, it was the last one for the year, so.
0: Yeah. And uh, now you compete with your family on that, right?
1: Um, I do. My dad and I both compete. Now, we weren't yeah. partners for this, like, oh.
0: competition, but. Oh, I see. But he, sometimes you are.
1: Yeah, he competes mm-hmm. in the old guy's division.
0: Oh wow, my dad's not <laughs> as old as me. That's making me feel bad. The old guys, the old guys are divisions. So uh, they have different uh, different divisions. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got a busy show today. Um, I, the lineup is great. Uh, Leah's put together a great lineup. Uh, Peter Morisi, of course, you see him on Fox. He's an economist. He's a professor emeritus of uh, economics and an analyst, and you, know, you read about him on, uh, you know, he writes in various uh, outlets. He'll join us at 7.05 to talk about the economy. You know, GDP numbers were out this week, as were inflation numbers yesterday. None of them very good, even though the GDP number was positive. He'll unpack some of the weeds and the details for that, because, of course, the devil is in the details. Um, Mike Ferguson joins us, of course, from uh, Mike Ferguson in the mornings at 7.25. Virginia Crudo, her regular hit with us at 7.45. Susan Pendergrass, the, uh, Education expert at Show Me Institute, uh, director of education policy, there joins us. There's been a report out on recruitment and retention of the teachers in your child's school district, um, and uh, interesting uh, their plans. And this is recommendation from Desi, as well as some numbers that are out, not showing good performance. And of course, it's no surprise the COVID lockdowns were a uh, not only a boon a, a, a boon for teachers going to Brazil and uh, South America for uh, you know, conferences, but they were a bust for our children's education. Uh, Susan Pendergrass at 805. And then Tony Colombo, of course, from Katie and Colombo. Uh, now, of course, that doesn't uh, happen anymore with Katie for a while because she's with baby now. It's Katie. And was it Maeve? Is that the baby's name?
1: Uh Maeve Louise.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful name, Maeve. I haven't heard that name in a long time. Well, I'd expect something creative and ingenious like Maeve from uh, from uh, the great Katie. And we congratulate her on a successful delivery last uh, last week. And uh, Tony joins us, of course, um, at 825 to uh, talk about. We've got a couple of cultural things we want to unpack with Tony and uh We may talk about that before that, because, you know, even though you like to catch the whole show, I know you're busy on a Saturday morning and things are hopping, of course, this time of year with. uh, Boy, are there leaves to rake up? Are there leaves to rake up? Oh, my goodness. Uh, We heard about Paul Pelosi getting attacked yesterday by a guy who apparently on his Twitter feed was uh, quite uh, and Facebook and social media, very uh, conspiratorial, you might say QAnon style. Uh, The guy, uh, you know, beat him with a hammer cracked his skull. And it is just uh, that's the kind of uh, that's the kind of nonsense that uh, our polarized environment has to just it has to stop because there are crazies that will take that kind of an environment and, uh, you know, then mete out violence, whether it's BLM and Antifa on the left or whether it's, uh, you know, idiots on the right who act out and are, are violent in their protest and in their expression of what they believe. It is not good for um, the, for the Republic. It's just not good. And I hope the guy gets prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And we wish Mr. Pelosi a full recovery Um, may disagree with someone politically, but boy, oh boy, we've got to unite and be against any, any form of vandalism. It's just unbelievably, uh, unbelievably incomprehensible what happened. Um, And it sounds like it was probably a targeted attack because Reportedly, he was yelling, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy, the the assailant, as he was attacking Mr. Pelosi? And I don't know if you're feeling some freedom this morning. We ought to be playing maybe some Fourth of July music, Leah, because uh, the Twitter, now my at Randy Tobler MD feed, I can feel free to say whatever I want. I won't get canceled, apparently, according uh-huh. to the re- what's going to happen. Elon has, uh, has liberated uh, all of us that have felt uh, really you know, sort of suppressed and looking over our shoulders every time we post something. Is this going to be your last post? He's freed us. You feel free?
1: Sure. I mean, I didn't post stuff on there that got me kicked off, so I didn't really have the issue to begin with, but...
0: Well, he's a winner of the week as far as I'm concerned and so are the millions of people that use Twitter and the, the several probably tens of thousands or at least thousands that have been canceled that have been suspended, you know, last March didn't he suspend the Babylon B I think just this past uh, you know spring because they made a comment about Rachel Levine and gave I mm-hmm. think Babylon B gave Rachel Levine Admiral Levine <laughs> the man of the year award. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are some trans people that, you know, from a distance. Okay. You can sort of, you can, uh, okay. They, they look all right. They're close. They're, they look female enough that you don't, it's not a comedy sketch, but as Tucker was saying last night, you look at Rachel Levine and it's just not, it just looks like a guy going to a Halloween party dressed up like a girl. Don't you think? Oh Yeah. That's well, awful. Plus, he's the he's the deputy HHS secretary of health. That's the health and human services uh, department. He doesn't look healthy. Needs to go out and do some CrossFit training. <laughs> Eat some more vegetables. Now the loser of the week. Now, even though McDonald's is surging, my wife sent me an article. That uh, McDonald's—it's cool to be to go to McDonald's now, I guess, with the economy down. The old nostalgic McDonald's, where you could feed the kids for you know under under ten bucks, and when I was a kid, for under five bucks, probably I don't know. But um, they've come back into vogue, uh, Leah, because you know it's still thought of as a relatively affordable way to get some reliable food that's consistent. And breakfast, especially, apparently, a big deal at, uh, at McDonald's. Are you a are you a Mickey D's fan? Oh no. No, no,
1: absolutely not. Huh. My, uh, my comfort food is Taco Bell, which <laughs> isn't any better than McDonald's, but,
0: <laughs> uh, bowls, quesadillas, burritos, what uh, for tacos? What's your, oh, meal? burritos all day. Burrito, uh, yeah, burritos <laughs> are good. I agree. Burritos are good. Well, McDonald's may be cool for, you know, a lot of people, but I think McDonald's is the loser of the week. Do you know why? Why? They're retiring the McRib. Apparently, it's coming back, oh. but they're going to retire it. Oh wow! I like the McRib. Now, yeah. if you see how the McRib is made, uh, it's yeah. sort of this. <laughs> have you seen that? It's the mush of, uh, yeah, it's I like can a only mush imagine, patty. And then they stamp it so it's got the little, you know, mm-hmm. elevated the little ridges on it to make it uh, simulate a rib. But uh I wish that uh my producer on the Columbia show, Brian Hanson, who, you know, uh, you know, sent that to me. And he's like, man, you sure you want to eat this? And now I'm no, no. But I love the McRib. There's, I, Maybe it's the sauce, but I love the McRib. You like McRib?
1: Um, I've never had it, but <laughs>
0: well, uh, yeah,
1: I haven't had McDonald's okay. in years.
0: Well, I know there's folks up early with us today. And I they, if there's any McRib lovers out there, would you call me and comfort me and, and tell me that I'm not alone in being... I, I was sort of depressed all week because I found out the McRib was going to be gone. 314 912 1019. That's our number here on 1019 <laughs> 941 News Talk STL. Um, the other thing, um, and I don't, I've got to get that story. We can, we can talk about it next segment. Did you know? Now, my family makes fun of me because I'm a hummer, I, I love to hum. <laughs> I, I walk around humming, making noise at, at work. I walk down the hall. People know I'm coming because I, I and then when I'm working on a project. I do this thing that they call they call um, whisper humming or shumming my family. They make fun of me because I sort of do this. I go. Shh, shes, 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 shes. You know what I mean? So it's sort of it's like a it's like a it's like a shush. But you're humming and you're making, it's like a semi-whistle hum. And, uh, but the story out of, um, that that we saw some research suggests that people are actually happier when they're humming. There actually is something to that. Wasn't that a a Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs thing? Yeah. Uh, You know, happy as, as you hum? You hum?
1: I definitely do not, but I can see why, I can see the connection to happiness.
0: You know anyone else that does?
1: Um no not really
0: yeah it can make people around you very annoyed though i've learned yeah. that uh, my family they like to kid me about it but i think they're actually telling me to shut up because it's it's annoying to them so sometimes but i don't know it's just a way it's a way to uh i don't know if you especially if there's a challenging problem or if you're if you're it, it, rather than being angry it's good to hum you know what i mean if mm-hmm. you're getting angry or something just start humming so it's, it's good it's going to relieve some of the stress and um and then there's this uh I thought this might launch an interesting discussion because we are heading into a time of year when more people are going to be seeing doctors than other times of the year as a rule because of respiratory illnesses, the viral seasons on us, kids are being taken to pediatricians. And I want you to consider, thank goodness, we have some amazing universities here, uh, medical institutions and uh, hospitals. We've got Washington University, where I graduated from. We have St. Louis U., where are great docs graduated from? We have, uh, you know, great institutions. We have, of course, hospitals that are fantastic, Missouri Baptist, St. Luke, St. Mary's, um, you know, St. Clair out there. We've got DePaul. We've got all kinds of great institutions here in uh, in the area. But this year, you may want to ask your doctor where they graduated from, and at least in the coming years. When it's from University of Minnesota, you may wonder. This is a little clip from the incoming uh, enclave conclave that they have. Whenever you're a medical student, they get get you all in the room, and they, uh, you know, one of the big professors gives a lecture. And it's a rah rah event, and they try to inspire you and get things going and make it sort of a solemn event too. And they warn you that you know you're you're in for a rough ride. Well, this is a professor at the University of Minnesota talking to the incoming medical students. You have that clip ready, Leah? Uh,
1: which one is it?
0: Uh, that is the. Um, uh, that's the one at the very end, number nine. And I want to play this for you. I don't normally play a long clip, but I want you to listen as this professor of medicine, he's a pediatrician actually, leads the group at University of Minnesota on, uh, on their, on their, uh, their they, they recite this. This is like a pledge that they're taking as they are being indu- inducted into the cult
2: of wokeness and CRT. Take a listen. With gratitude, we, the students of the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Medical School Class of 2026, stand here today among our friends, families, peers, mentors, and communities who have supported us in reaching this milestone. Our institution is located on Dakota land. Today, many indigenous people throughout the state, including Dakota and Ojibwe, call the Twin Cities home we also recognize this acknowledgement is not enough. We commit to uprooting the legacy and perpetuation of structural violence deeply embedded within the healthcare system. We recognize inequities built by past and present traumas rooted in white supremacy, colonialism, the gender binary, ableism, and all forms of oppression. As we enter this profession with opportunity for growth, We commit to promoting a culture of anti-racism, listening and amplifying voices for positive change. We pledge to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Knowing that health is intimately connected to our environment, we commit to healing our planet and communities. We vow to embrace our role as community members and strive to embody cultural humility. We promise to continue restoring trust in the medical system and fulfilling our responsibilities as educators and advocates. We commit to collaborating with social, political, and additional systems to advance health equity. We will learn from the scientific innovations made before us and pledge to advance and share this knowledge with peers and neighbors. We recognize the importance of being in community with and advocating for those we serve. Okay, now,
0: I'm going to give some numbers out, and you tell me if we're not in big trouble in this country and we need to turn it around. That was Professor Robert Englander leading the induction ceremony at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities for medical students. Likely, it looked like a large class to me. They pledged to end the perpetuation of embedded white supremacy, colonialism, gender binary, they're going to uproot structural violence in medical in the medical system. Now I know we have some folks in the medical system that are either going to work or at work, and I know some have been at work and are resting today. Um, do you know of any medical violence that you've been involved in in stru- structurally, either during your training or your you know care of patients? I sure don't. Uh, have you ever have you ever taken different care of a patient because of their uh, you know, their mental illness, where they are—you know—have gender dysphoria. I never have. I've treated them just like a person with appendicitis or a bleeding and needing a hysterectomy. I disagree with that, and it certainly is a as a mandate for our children to be sexualized at young ages. I think it's inappropriate. But you treat people as they are when they come to you as individuals that need treatment. And then you, you know, be careful if you're four years from now or, or beyond after their residency. If you're being treated by these doctors, they might uh, do a dance. They might uh, give you some peyote, you know, instead of uh, some prescription medicine, because they're going to honor the indigenous healing practices. Don't you know? Crazy. And uh, this is this is what they're doing in our academic institutions. Three one four nine one two one zero one nine. Let me know about that. That and lots more coming up on the Randy Tobler Show, including Dr. Peter Morisi at 7 o'clock. Don't miss that one. Along with Leah Olmsted, I'm Randy. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay there.
3: Lieutenant Governor. You're running for a seat that could decide the balance of power in Washington. What qualifies you to be a U.S. senator? You have 60 seconds. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm running to
0: serve Pennsylvania. He's running to use Pennsylvania. Hi. Good night, everybody. I'm Randy Tobler. (laughs) It's hard to laugh at the guy, but you know what? He should know better. And he should have dropped out. And I think that when you when you put yourself out like that, knowing that you have you know problems with at least expressing yourself, if not cognitively, and I would have to see the testing on that. It may be that he's thinking very clearly. He just can't express himself, and that you know that's a different story. However, you're not effective, and um, it it was embarrassing for John Fetterman. It was uh, really a good night for Dr. Oz if you watched it the other night. Let's see what Gene has to say about. Oh, Fetterman and Oz and the midterms and uh, and yes, Gene. I know you're in the medical business. And what do you think of those? What if a doctor who was honoring healing uh, traditions of the indigenous people wanted you to do some uh, some peace pipe work with your clients, with your patients? What would you say? Well,
3: that's a good question because that kind of open was the getting. Other things away from Western medicine, some of the other healing arts, you can, from the limited knowledge I have of that, could encompass a whole scope of things. To answer your question specifically about peyote, it's like, whoa, I wouldn't necessarily (laughs) want to deal with that as a respiratory therapist.
0: Well, I'm just saying that was, that was (laughs) preposterous and about structural. Have you ever witnessed or been a part of structural violence in medicine? I mean, unless they're talking about restraining people that are going to hurt themselves, but that's not violence. That's, that's using strength to support, put someone in restraints per very strict protocols. I don't know what they're talking about. Do you?
3: No, I don't. The only, the only violence I've ever have experienced is an extremely upset patient, throwing things at us bedpans included
0: yeah yeah i once i worked at malcolm bliss which is now defunct i don't i think they've actually torn it down but it was the old uh, city mental hospital uh mentally uh-huh. Ill hospital when i was uh, a resident and i remember there was a, a a little small i think dr bernardo i'll never forget i think that was his name but i'll never forget the image of guy little guy from south america and um, really a gentle guy. But I remember one of the psychotic patients there actually went after him and tore into him. And I mean, it was it was ugly throwing things and t- t- trying to light into him. It was terrible. So that, that's you're right. That's the kind of violence I've seen. I've not seen it with medical professionals towards patients. Maybe it's happened. But well, I, th- this statement is very concerning, though, that that is the lead in to their medical school experience. It's frightening to me.
3: Oh, that's exactly right. And it, and it gets back. I think I may have discussed this with you uh, in the past about the part of the Hippocratic oath of do no harm in today's thinking on that. What are they defining as harm and who's the individual or group of people that is defining do no harm? Because in my opinion, yeah. The genital mutate, uh, mutilation that's going on with these kids, are suggested, I'm sorry, I think that does harm. You're certainly more in a position than I to speak professionally about that, but that to me is that to do harm.
0: Yeah. Well, look, there's no doubt that, you know, probably up to 80 percent it's it's around 80 percent of people in their in their formative years when the neurons are still being connected and pruned, you know, those teen years. Uh, They are not showing good judgment. That's why we don't let them drive uh, early. That's why we don't let them uh, smoke. That's why we don't let them, uh, you know, buy guns or, you know, one thing after another. We don't them drink alcohol because they don't have good judgment and they may have some confusion. It's not unusual. It's pretty much can be pretty normative for them to have confusion about even their sexuality. That's a normal part of development. Four out of five of those at a minimum who think they want to be transgender, later on will not be if you let it run its course. As though it's a it's a it's a virus, it's a cold. And now I think it's a social virus gene. And not only just a, a normal part of development where some people may want to think and try out the other side, if you will. Um, but I think, think of that. So that means rough, roughly 80 percent of people are being, um, you know, forever modified. And many of those changes, especially girl to boy, when you get the testosterone going, the voice deepens and other changes happen. Uh, bony structures. We don't know what the cardiovascular impacts are. It's just it's a travesty to be doing this experiment on a whole generation of kids.
3: I agree. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it the. Uh common thought that mentally people aren't developed rock solidly until what, 23 or 25? Or I have the age bracket wrong.
0: 25, 26. That's right. Yep. Okay. My good friend, Erica Commissar, who is a, uh, you know, she's a, a, a development expert and has written books on, on development and wrote one recently. I wrote a, an endorsement on that book, in fact, uh, called Chicken Little, The Sky Isn't Falling. It's about radi- raising adolescents. And the neuroscience is clear that uh, the brain isn't fully developed with all those those judgment centers, the prefrontal cortex, especially, um, you know, the discerning centers until 25, 26. So Leah is still... my my young producer here is still connecting neurons and pruning them. Leah, did you know that you're still in the developmental teenage stage? Well, I did not. Stage. I believe it. Did though. you know that? No, but I yeah, believe have it. Talked, have you have you talked to your parents recently? I have. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she's very she, mature. She's, but you know, I mean, the, the 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 science says, and probably it's more true of boys than girls. You know, the girls tend to mature a little bit earlier. But uh, you're right. Why are we letting kids? you know, determine this. We don't let them determine other parts of their health uh, experience.
3: Yeah. There's, there's something I think just evilly nefarious going on.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now on another, on another note, uh, how do you feel about McRib? Are you, uh, I'm saddened that McRib is being retired. I don't know about you. It's one of my, it's one of my little vices. My wife doesn't know when I eat a McRib because if she did my being a culinary nutritionist you know i'd be in deep trouble but once in a while i have to indulge in a mcrib and they're retiring it gene what do you think of that
3: yeah you certainly would be in trouble with helene i tried it once (laughs) a couple of years ago and it's like oh just the meat itself wasn't too bad but the sauce was just oh my god that sends somebody in a diabetic coma (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> so not, not much know. of a fan
3: and unfortunately i've got to go along with leah not much of a mcdonald's fan however broad brushly speaking i'm not too much of a fast food person at all that's a yeah. rare stop for me
0: yeah me neither once in a while though when i'm on a late night trip if i'm on a road or i've been, done a delivery or late night surgery and i'm i have to fill up the tanks so, boy if there's If there's brats, particularly cheddar, smoked cheddar brats on the roller, I'm just saying, I I don't know what it is.
3: (laughs) Well, every every now and then I have to admit I need to uh, fulfill that fix. Uh, Chick-fil-A, I guess would be my more frequent oh, stop. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Hey, well, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. You have a <laughs> you have a great uh, great uh, weekend. Oh, well, before we leave, you have any predictions for uh the midterms? Are you are you thinking the Senate's going to go Republican? What are you thinking?
3: Oh my gosh, I hope so. My knees are uh getting red from praying for that. I just think we're yeah. in a we're in a serious situation here. We got to pull this country back from going down the sewer.
0: Well, I think a lot of people have realized that the, uh, the woke left progressive agenda is just not cutting the mustard. It is hurting everyday Americans. So thanks a lot, Gene. Yes. All the best to you this weekend. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Uh, so Leah, uh, that uh that issue about uh, the the Oz Fetterman debate was really amazing. Did you happen to see the debate the other day?
1: I did not, but I've heard a lot about it.
0: Yeah, um, how do you feel about I mean i I feel a little squeamish about playing that clip of Fetterman struggling, and but there's a whole montage, and I chose not to not to play that. The Christian in me says we shouldn't laugh at others, and you know, if you can't say something nice, you shouldn't say it. However, when someone knows better and should know better, and they continue to embarrass themselves, I think maybe shame is not a bad thing for us to help them understand. I mean, I, it's it's not a it's not this guy should know better, and the, his handlers should know better, shouldn't they? How do you feel about that? I struggle with that. You um, okay with it, Leah? Having fun
1: with it? Um, I don't know, not really. I don't know much mm. about him or the situation, so.
0: Yeah, well, well, he had a stroke back in, was it May? I don't know. Gotcha. March, April, okay. May. No, I think it was before that. And he was out for a little while. And then he came back and there was another viable candidate in the wings. And um, I just, uh, you know, there comes a time. This is not, you know, there are people on the left, including Liz Plank from MSNBC, who wrote an article saying that, uh, you know, this was an example of ableism. And people that are criticizing Fetterman have no respect for they're ridiculing the disabled. And we need to widen our perspective and have people of disability be in, in uh, you know leadership. That, is, that has nothing to do with it. Look at Tammy Duckworth uh, from Illinois. Look at uh, Madison Cawthorn, who's a very flawed Republican candidate. I mean, the guy, I, I, well, he was defeated in the primary. Thank God. Um, but he, they're both disabled. There are people that are missing arms and legs and people that are disabled that, you know, but until we see cognitive performance uh improve for him and until he can perform one of the chief functions i mean look being being physically disabled to where you need crutches or a wheelchair or a uh you know a walker or what that is not the point here no one has a problem with that i'm sure no one listening to this program who has a problem with john fetterman and his inability to perform for instance in a senate debate to uh Discuss things cogently, or even to express his opinion to constituents as he's heading out uh, to take a vote. um it it, it it That is inappropriate. That kind of disability disqualifies him. Just like my disability, I'm hair challenged. You know that, Leah? So probably not. Probably not. Probably the best that I stay on the radio, not try to be an anchor on Channel Four. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't. I don't I don't accuse anyone in the in the TV industry of uh, of ableism because I'm hair challenged, you know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the reality. That's like uh you know you shouldn't well, I don't know. You know if uh, that's like hairdressers who uh, don't do their hair good, you know, well they're if they don't can't do their own hair, they're not qualified. Well, part of being a US senator is debate. And that is a fundamental uh, qualification and skill that's necessary to advance not only for his the people he represents his constituents in Pennsylvania but for the good of the country too and he's not going to be effective and he should know better and when he starts out saying hi good night everybody oh my goodness oh, what oh well at any rate uh, when we come back we're going to talk about <laughs> another controversy my wife pointed out to me Leah because I think, I think it's the return of the Jedi on cell phones in terms of how we communicate, and okay. I'll tell you about that. And Leah and I will mix it up when we come back on the Randy Tobler Show. Peter Marisi, Virginia Cruda, and more coming up. And Mike Ferguson next hour uh, on the Randy Tobler Show. Stay there, guys. It's one zero one nine ninety four one News Talk STL. Oh,
2: geez, extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. And they're not making a secret of it. The right-wing controlled Supreme Court may be poised to rule on giving state legislatures, yes, you heard me that correctly, state legislatures the power to overturn presidential elections. Just think, if that happens, the 2024 presidential election could be decided not by the popular vote or even by the anachronistic electoral college, but by state legislatures, many of them Republican oh. controlled. But there's oh, also good tell. news in the face. What of are we this going to do threat to democracy?
0: What are we going to do? The 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 states may choose their electors. Wow, Hillary, what a novel idea. Now, there's the original election denier. She's called Donald Trump illegitimate since day one and continued to do it through the present day. And now Hillary Clinton is a pre-election election denier. And I think the hypocrisy is, uh, well, let's just say it is disdained by most Americans that look at this. They may disagree with the fact that Donald Trump and many allies, many of you, may have thought that this election was stolen from him. I think it was rigged on other grounds because of the rules not being uh, per the states, as they should have been. Uh, But the legislatures, you know, we saw where in various states the courts overruled legislative edicts that things should be done differently than they were. The COVID lockdown enabled people who probably wouldn't have come out to just – Cast a ballot based on what they saw on CNN because they were, it was put in their mailbox uh, ballot harvesting. But whether that happened or not, that's not the point. The point is that the Democrats have uh, been calling uh, they're they're in the pot calling the kettle black. Let's just put it that way. And uh, the montage that goes on about election deniers from Hillary in 2020. Uh, in 2016 all the way back to uh, the Bo- the Gore Bush election back in uh, in uh, 2000 it's uh look uh, the Democrats have equal culpability in being election deniers and now she's ahead of the 24 election calling that now on another note Leah Leah um I thought that I was getting to be pretty hip when I was turning into a pretty good texter. You know, I text you pretty good, don't I? Well, I'm not always accurate, but it's close. Yeah, no? you're
1: good. I'd say that.
0: Okay. I was resistant to texting for a while, but I realized my children would rather, my adult children, they'd rather, they'd rather text than call often. Uh, but I'm a caller. I like to hear voice inflections. I like to hear this and that. Now, I saw this article. Increasingly, this is a Wall Street Journal- in the off-duty section, a couple weeks ago, increasingly folks of all ages are sending voice notes instead of text or calls. The recordings let you convey tone and personality, but it must be delivered with care. So they have an etiquette guide for, uh, for voice notes. What is a voice note? Is this like on the text? You record something on text rather than a voicemail?
1: Uh so I've heard about this. I've never done it. So I'm going to assume that's correct. But I'm not well, they sure. They talk
0: about a uh, they yeah, the lead on the story is a, a 41-year-old who feels disconnected from her younger sister. Um she's a writer and designer from New York and uh, the sister, uh, I'm sorry, it's him. His sister uh, Hillary Heinrich is a busy 32-year-old teacher in San Luis Obispo, California, and uh, they prefer the uh, the little added nuance that voice uh, does. Now, do you find, okay, so you said your dad, if you're just joining us, Leah, of course, our great producer, uh, uh, competes uh, either as a partner with her dad sometimes, but also in different classes while her dad's in the same competition. And I've met your dad, uh, Tim, great guy. Well, happy birthday to dad last week, right? Yep.
1: Yep.
0: You want to give us his age on the on the air? I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. When he get mad? Yeah. I don't know. I
1: mean, he's he's, cool. he's 53, so...
0: Yeah, a young guy, young guy, and he's doing crossfit along yeah. with you.
1: Look at what he does at 53, so. Yeah. You know. Now,
0: does dad prefer to does dad prefer to to text or call or how does he prefer to communicate with you and vice versa? Do you have alignment in how you prefer to communicate or not?
1: Um, it doesn't matter. We usually text, but if it's something like he needs an answer right away, he'll call me unless he knows I'm doing something. Like he wouldn't call me right now while i'm on the radio okay so that's
0: interesting so so you have a handshake agreement that if it's urgent you'll answer a call if you get a call right
1: yeah and not to mention it's my dad so if he calls i better answer
0: oh uh, (laughs) now there ladies and gentlemen there is a there is a family raising their ute in the right way as rush limbaugh would say the ute are being raised properly in the omstead family um because, well, that's good. See, my kids, they, they will, I can get them quicker if I text. Okay. They, they, if I call, it's voice, once in a while, it's, it's hit or miss with the calls. Mm-hmm. But then there's this voice memo thing. So that's interesting. Maybe you can leave a brief voice memo. You just press the microphone on the text window and you can leave a little voice menu. That now that's a voice memo. That's interesting. I may try that and see if they listen to that. If they'll pick that up more readily than they will a call. Because I get frustrated sometimes. I uh, you know I prefer to I prefer the spoken voice because I you know how have you ever been misunderstoodly on a text where oh, yeah. you put an exclamation point to emphasize something and <laughs> someone thinks you're scolding them. That's uh, what's happened to me.
1: Yeah, or if somebody doesn't put an exclamation point, like. I get nervous because I'm afraid they're, like, mad at me or too serious. or Really? Yeah.
0: So what would the phrase be that would make you think that they were mad at you without the exclamation point?
1: Um. So, for example, I'd say a week or two ago, Tony texted mm-hmm. me and said, hey, when you get here, I need to talk to you and put a period. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, and then, yeah. like, oh. a minute later, he followed it up with, I promise it's good exclamation point. And I'm like, okay, but had he just left, you know, (laughs) with that statement in a period, I would not, I would have overthought it way too much. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I get sometimes I, I struggle sometimes on the, on the birthday wishes things. Like if I, if I'm saying happy birthday, I I will always put an exclamation point, but sometimes if it's a closer friend or if it's something cute, I want to say or whatever, I don't, you know, maybe they're, picture on their birthday message is something i want to comment on i always it's like a point of tension with me i struggle over these things it's the perfectionist and the ocd in me that really gets me in trouble in these things i overthink it so if you say happy birthday uh looks like you had a nice bottle of wine if i don't put a if i don't put an exclamation point does it lose its luster should you put an exclamation point behind everything then it becomes if everything's an exclamation nothing's an exclamation
1: See yeah, how the crazy mind of mine works. Yeah, I think an exclamation point after "Happy Birthday" is right, and then a period after yeah. your wine statement. I mean, I think that's okay. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, thank you for that. So, there's a lot of social media etiquette that uh, you have to think about, but more than anything, we need to have grace for one another when we're receiving uh, messages. You know, because in this day of digital communication, you never know. I mean, people. Oh, how about the capital letter? How about the capital letter in emails, right? What do you mean? There's been, there's been times when I've wanted to say like, well, you say like uh, Leah is a, is a great CrossFit competitor. Capital A and D uh, is my producer, you know, uh, okay. or something like that. You know, but there's times if you use and, or if you use, if you put something in capitals, people may take it wrong, you know? So you have to be careful about capitals. I once worked with someone who, I don't know why, I had to correct them about it. It was an older person and I like them a lot, but all of them, ma- everything they wrote was in capitals, <laughs> on, on emails, everything.
1: It's like they're shouting.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Everything's shouting, yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about, I've got to ask Tony about if he, you know, if he regularly does that and offends his... His young producers, you know, like that. No, it's just me. (laughs) When we talk to him, he has to use exclamation points with me. Really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I noticed that. You use a lot of exclamation points in your uh, in your communication. Because I'm a very happy person. I know you are. That's good. (laughs) That's because. And when I'm not happy, you make me happy. See, because you're just always joyful, and that's it's a very good thing. I want to go through the runout, rundown if those, uh, for those who are just joining us. Wiping the sleep from your eyes and getting your cup of joe, very important. My wife makes, I don't know why, the coffee on Saturday mornings just tastes the best. I th- probably because I'm with you doing the show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Peter Morisi uh, joins us to break down the economic numbers from this past week. GDP up, inflation up, um, and what does it mean? Uh, those GDP numbers are not all that they appear. Okay, just like the Democrat talking points they are promising to save the planet, uh, you know, give you everything you need for health and happiness and look at where we're at. Uh, Mike Ferguson at 725. I can't wait to talk to Mike about his thoughts about the midterms and where things are headed. Uh, Virginia Cruda, 745. Susan Pendergrass from Show Me Institute on education. Some reports out of DESE in the last little while. We want to cover those. And Tony Colombo. We're going to ask him about uh, a story that (laughs) Uh, we'll be talking about more social media etiquette and especially an assault on emojis. We're going to be talking about that with Tony and Leah at 825. So lots coming up here on The Randy Tobler Show. The numbers are 314-912-1019 if you want to join us. Um, And um, a reminder that if you can't catch us uh, entirely and you want to maybe, you know, take a look at us or take a listen uh, later on, This weekend, we always do an encore presentation of this broadcast from 9 to 12 tomorrow evening on Sunday evenings. And you can catch it on demand on the podcast uh, on the NewstalkSTL.com page as well. So lots of ways to get us. And when you're out and about and maybe, uh, you know, watching the kids do their practice this morning or wherever you're at, um, put your earbuds in and listen to us uh, on the app. You can do that. That's always a lot of fun, too. So we'll uh, step aside. Take in some news, fill up your cup of Joe, and then I'll see you with Peter Morisi, top of the hour. Be right back.
2: Oh, I have days to lose, try my best, but just don't get it right. Where I talk a talk that I don't want can miss the moments right before my eyes. That I could have helped somebody With a hand that I could have helped When I just can't see past myself Lord, help me be